Xtalks connects professionals in the life science, medical device, and food industries with useful content like webinars, job openings, articles, and virtual meetings to help you succeed in your career. This food industry-focused podcast brings together some of our editorial staff to share insights into the latest B2B industry news to help keep you up to date. This week on the show, we are discussing Mars's latest animal-free, planet-friendly chocolate bar and a Jack and Coke canned cocktail entering the ready-to-drink alcoholic beverage market. Enjoy the show. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the X Talks Food Podcast. I'm Sydney Perlmutter, Senior Food Industry Journalist and Webinar Moderator at xtalks.com, and this week I'm joined by Aisha Rashid and Vera Kovacevic. Thanks for coming today. So I'm going to start us off with a story about Jack and Coke. Now, this is a very popular beverage, alcoholic beverage that, um, you know, is quite popular um, at bars, but it is officially a canned beverage, ready to drink alcoholic cocktail. So the Coca-Cola company and Jack Daniels recently announced that they plan to start selling a ready to drink Jack and Coke in a can. So this is just a very classic bar cocktail that combines Jack Daniels whiskey and Coke is set to roll out in um, ready to drink cans in late 2022 and will first be offered in Mexico. So this marks the fourth new alcoholic drink in Coke's portfolio in less than two years, but the first pairing for its namesake soda. So Lawson Whiting, who's the CEO and president of Brown Foreman Corporation, which was the owner of Jack Daniels, said this relationship brings together two classic American icons to deliver consumers a taste experience they love in a way that is convenient, consistent and portable. Coca-Cola perfectly complements Jack Daniels and our existing ready to drink offerings, enabling us to accelerate expansion and continue to grow our business around the world. So the Jack and Coke is expected to have a alcohol beverage volume or ABV content of 5%, which is very standard for cans, but will vary depending on the market. And there's also going to be a zero sugar version of the beverage uh, after the initial launch. So the packaging will feature two of the world's most recognizable trademarks, that of Coca-Cola and Jack Daniels, and the drinks will be available in your standard 350 milliliter cans. So the, the launch of Jack and Coke comes amid strong global sales of ready-to-drink alcoholic beverages, including hard seltzers like White Claw. So global consumption of ready-to-drink beverages jumped 26% in 2020 and 14% in 2021, according to a report from IWSR Drinks Market Analysis, which is an alcohol market research firm. So for comparison, global consumption of all alcohols was up only 3%. So clearly these ready-to-drink cocktails um, and cans are very popular. So Brown Foreman, which is based in Louisville, Kentucky, has been making ready-to-drink cocktails since 1994 when it launched spiked lemonade, cola, and apple juice in Australia. But Coca-Cola, by contrast, has been slower to add alcoholic drinks to its portfolio of 200 brands ever since it sold off a California winery that it owned in the early 1980s. So Coke only launched its first alcoholic beverage in 2018, and it was called Lemon Dew. Um, and it's currently available in Japan, China, and the Philippines. But since then, the company has teamed up with Molson Coors to launch Topo Chico Hard Seltzer and Simply Spiked Lemonade. It also collaborated with Constellation Brands on Fresca Mixed, which is a line of spirit-based canned cocktails. And Coca-Cola also offers Schweppes pre-mixed cocktails, which are available in Brazil. So it's still a very small portion of what they sell. 
But partnerships uh, could continue to push Coca-Cola into new growth categories as it attempts to diversify away from carbonated soft drinks. So partners handle most of the distribution and marketing for new alcoholic beverages, which brings in revenue for Coca-Cola and shows the strength of its portfolio of well-known beverage brands. And as soda consumption declines, Coke isn't the only beverage maker pushing its soft drink brands into alcohol through partnerships. Its rival PepsiCo launched Hard Mountain Dew earlier this year uh, through a partnership with Sam Adams Brewer Boston Beer. And later last year, it also entered the cocktail mixer market with its line of non-alcoholic mixers called Unmuddled. But meanwhile, the market growth of hard seltzers could help boost the launch of Jack and Coke canned cocktail from Coca-Cola and Brown Foreman. So something I thought of when I was looking into this story is why didn't this happen sooner? These two brands, um, you know, have sort of created a drink of their own but this is the first time they're actually coming together and making it official so what are your thoughts on this do you think that um it will sort of replace uh or it could potentially replace uh your typical jack and coke at a bar um or do you think it's a little bit too late for it to be uh made official so you mentioned like replacing Jack and Coke in a bar. So this existed before the partnership? Or? Well, the beverage itself is, is a typical classic cocktail that you could get at a bar, um, just similar to, a, you know, a, a vodka soda. But there have been vodka soda seltzers um, for, for quite a while now. This hard seltzer market is really, really growing. But Jack and Coke has been, you know, a classic bar drink for a very long time. So I'm wondering whether... Um, this will these will replace your Jack and Cokes that you'd get at a bar or if that would still be something that the people would order. Yeah, I think um, I don't think it would replace the Jack and Coke, but possibly uh, when people order, let's say that drink, they may specify like, oh, yeah, the Jack Daniels and Coca-Cola drink. Um, but yeah, looking at the picture that you have there on the article, to be honest, like they're so the what the can looks like is. You know, it looks like a Coca-Cola can, but it's all black. And then it has Jack Daniels, a logo. And then it says um, Tennessee whiskey. And then it has the Coca-Cola logo. And then it tells you it's an alcoholic drink. But looking at that, I'd be very confused. Like, what is that? I would be like, is this a carbonated drink? Like, I'm very carbonated alcoholic drink. Like, what is this? I'd be very confused. Um, Yeah, so I just wonder if they're the displays of the logos on the can could have been done in a way that makes it look less confusing. I don't know. To me, it looks a bit confusing. It does look very similar to your just your typical Coca-Cola can. Um, I don't think they really played enough with the colors. Um, and Jack Daniels whiskey itself just comes typically comes in like a glass bottle or maybe even a plastic bottle um and i felt like the coca-cola even though it's the lower um you know logo kind of comes through more just because we're so used to that black and red branding on coca-cola cans um but yeah that's why i'm thinking like this this came out a little too late i can definitely see this being popular among you know if, if you're just drinking at home um but I don't know if it's really going to replace, uh, you know, just either buying Coca-Cola and buying Jack Daniels. This might be more convenient, but 
really, I think time is going to tell whether this becomes more popular. Yeah, they yeah, they said that they will have symbols showing it's only for people of legal drinking age. Those symbols are probably at the back of the can because I'm not seeing any at the front of the can. Yeah, yeah, you really do have to pay attention to the, um, you know, 5% alcohol volume logo there at the uh, bottom. All the way at the bottom, yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think what would help, you know, distinguish it from, you know, other Coke is that they won't really be selling Coke or not that I have ever noticed at, you know, a, a store that sells uh, just alcohol. Mm-hmm. Um, so maybe you would only really be finding this at liquor stores as opposed to in your grocery store. But that that could definitely vary could depending on. Too, yeah, yeah, that could change. That could change. Mm-hmm. That could vary. Um, so, yeah, I think it's good that you pointed out that um, it's not it's not different enough i think from from coca-cola you you really do have to know what you're looking for yeah i agree too like really the coca-cola logo and branding stands out more so than the jack daniels even though the jack daniels is on the top but just the color and also i think the the original coke zero cans were also black and so i know they've shifted over to to red now but it's still synonymous with that so like when i looked at it i was like oh this is like the coke zero original can and and stuff but yeah um it's interesting yeah like obviously vera and i are not avid bar goers as vera was like oh is that a drink <laughs> they offer at bars so uh, i wouldn't really know either um so that's interesting and um I don't think it's it, it like to your question, Sydney, where you were saying, would it replace, um, you know, that I, I think, you know, the bar thing, it's it, it's more about the experience. So I don't think, you know, it would this would really replace that whole thing that that that's around getting going out and getting a drink and, and things like that, unless they would they sell this at bars. I don't know. Some bars they'll sell cans um, and just yeah. pour them into glasses. Yeah. Um, but I, I like I said, I think it's probably best for at home consumption. Yeah, um, for sure. Yeah. The only problem with with pre mixed, um, ready to drink cans like this is that you can't adjust. You know the the Coke mm-hmm. or the Jack levels. I think they've made it very standard five percent per can. But I know a lot of people would probably like to switch that up a little bit, or maybe mm-hmm. add more Coke or more Jack. Um, so they could. And, they could get yeah. a can and just and then <laughs> end up doing their own mixes. With, That's true. With the mix. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. So, yeah. I um it's yeah overall concept, n- nonetheless I think mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. and given its popularity I think it made sense for um coke or was it jack daniels who brought this to the table they both did it was a it was a partnership yeah yeah Yeah. so um yeah i think it it does make sense um on paper but we'll see you know kind of how it pans out it would kind of be like if ocean spray partnered with absolute vodka for you know a vodka crayon in a can it mm-hmm. would kind of just be something like that mm-hmm. um which i'd be a little more confused to see because i and and i think another thing with with coca-cola like i was mentioning is they're they've been very slow to get into the alcohol market and i think mm-hmm. they're still maybe that's why they didn't do it earlier enough because people know them as like a as a soda and and juice brand uh, Mm -hmm. as opposed to like an alcohol brand so maybe that was why it took so long um maybe yeah because when you think coke it's like the ultimate you know there's nostalgia family mm -hmm. you know uh, friends and all of that surrounds that so it's not really seen as an adult beverage right right right. 
for all ages, mm-hmm. especially family kind of a thing. So maybe that's why mm-hmm. um, they hesitated to get into the alcohol market. But, mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. no, this is yeah, this is definitely disrupting their uh, normal portfolio. Um, and image. But yeah, and yeah. and potentially image too. But um, yeah, I guess time will tell to see whether this will be more popular um, than we think it will be. So moving on, um, Mars, the classic chocolate brand and confectionery uh, company, has released an animal-free, planet-friendly chocolate bar. Now, it's spelled like C-O-2-C-O-A, so cocoa, except the first A is a two. So, you know, one thing they didn't... The two (laughs) might be silent. They didn't exactly say how it's going to be pronounced. So I'm just going to call it cocoa. Uh, But just know that the second A is a two. (laughs) So like I said, Mars recently announced the launch of cocoa, which is an animal-free, lactose-free, and earth-friendly chocolate bar in the U.S. So it partnered with Perfect Day to swap regular milk for animal-free dairy. And cocoa promises to deliver the same taste and texture of traditional chocolate but without the downsides of factory farming so if you're not sure what perfect day is um, it has created a fermentation approach that cultivates microflora from whey protein um, and it created sort of this animal free dairy ingredient which the company claims is the first of its kind so perfect day said that its dairy free milk is identical to traditional milk and it has fueled many new product launches and milk cake mixes, confectionery, cream cheese, and protein powders. So now Mars is tapping into the growing demand for animal-free chocolate. Um, And most partnerships with Perfect Day we've seen are from small startups um, and consumer packaged goods uh, companies. Uh, But giants like Mars are also paying attention to animal proteins made without animals. So cocoa is considered vegan friendly since it doesn't contain ingredients from animals, but it's also lactose and cholesterol free. So as for the name, getting back to that a little bit, uh, cocoa uh, is meant to invoke the fact that Mars is Uh, that Mars reduced greenhouse gas emissions, which is where the CO2 comes from when sourcing ingredients. And it also draws attention to the fact that cocoa uses Rainforest, Alliance certified cocoa and animal free dairy protein while wrapped in a paper based packaging. So the product is part of Mars's goal of achieving net zero greenhouse gas emissions by 2050, which is quite a tall order. Mars claims that the chocolate maintains the silky smooth taste consumers expect while leaning into the flexitarian dietary trends today's conscious consumers are embracing, according to the company. So the bars will be available to order through Coco's direct-to-consumer website, and this is just to gain feedback from consumers, which it will use to inform a potential product line or retail expansion. So Cocoa is not Mars's first venture into vegan chocolate. In 2019, the company released its first vegan milk chocolate bar in the UK under the Galaxy brand. So this line relies on hazelnut paste and rice syrup in place of dairy milk for its creaminess. But Cocoa, which took approximately one year to develop, and that's actually pretty short uh, for such a big company, brings something entirely new to Mars's product line with the potential for using Perfect Day's protein in a variety of ways. So the new product launch launch comes as the vegan chocolate market is valued at 532.7, sorry, 532.7 million and is estimated to grow at a compound annual growth rate of 10.5% between 2022 and 2032. 
So this report from that I got from Transparency Market Research attributes the demand for vegan chocolate to the growth in number of animal welfare, welfare organizations, increase in vegan populations, and surge in awareness about the benefits of plant-based food products. So while Mars is launching an entirely new product with Coco, other global players in the market are launching or have already launched vegan versions of their most popular chocolates. So Mondelez, for example, recently launched a vegan version of its beloved Cadbury Dairy Milk brand in 2021. And Nestle also rolled out a vegan version of its iconic Kit Kat chocolate bar last year. So this strategy allows companies to enjoy the brand loyalty of customers across the globe and result in higher sales of such products. So Mars, of course, will face deep competition from both multinational corporations and startups alike, but it hopes to grab a fraction of the valuable vegan chocolate market going forward with Coco. So I was wondering, I wanted to ask you guys whether it was a good idea for Mars to launch an entirely new product um, that, you know, companies have never heard of and they may not know even that it is from Mars. Or do you think they would have been better off launching a vegan version of like a Mars bar, let's say, or a Snickers bar? I think um, the uh, the latter, I, I think, would have made a lot more sense and be kind of, uh, I mean, now that I look at the packaging of this, this looks cool too, but it would have been cool, yeah, if they had like a um, a vegan version of their, you know, trademark or their, you know, uh, kind of uh, chocolates like Mars or, or, or Snickers. I think that would have been really cool as well. Um, but maybe they're getting there with that. But And maybe they're testing the waters with this um, mm-hmm. new product um, to see whether or not there is uh, a large enough interest out there for vegan chocolate um, from them specifically. So um, I think it's really cool and very interesting. And I like a lot of the thoughts behind it in terms of um, – you know, when we think about vegan, yes, it's a vegan diet, uh, animal free, but then also what impact and what implications that has for the environment as well. So, you know, you really uh, have uh, multiple factors at play here when we're talking about vegan and animal free products. And um, I really like that, you know, they sort of are focusing in on their carbon emissions and uh, making the packaging also environmentally friendly. So, and built, they've built all of that into this one product. And I think that's really great that they've uh, been able to display that level of consciousness um, in this space uh, with this one product. And yeah, I'd definitely like to try it. I just find the name is a bit confusing with the co- Coco, you're like, you stop at the co, there's a two there, what do I do with that kind of a thing? But um, it makes sense in terms of, yeah, the CO2 mission thing, but it's it's interesting. Yeah, I think because Mars, they partnered with Perfect Day, I think that's why they had to release a totally new kind of chocolate bar. You know, they couldn't just take Mm. one of their current, very famous uh, regular chocolate bars and just label it like vegan free. I think they also had to make like something really unique looking because it is like in partnership with another company and it's good that they put perfect days like they're the perfect day logo i can see it on the wrapping of this coca or co2 chocolate bar yeah co2 co yeah i think that's that's probably a good way to say it um But yeah, very, very good packaging. I also like how they indicated, you know, it's animal-free dairy. 
So I think that's very obvious that it's vegan friendly. Yeah, I, I agree with you both. Like it, it might have been easier for um, consumers to understand what a product is uh, if they just labeled a, a Mars bar as vegan and using perfect day. But I think you're right. They wanted to test the waters with with um, a handful of consumers who are willing to try it out and give feedback and just make sure that, OK, we've got this recipe. We've got the chocolate down pat. Now that we have that, maybe now we can start making vegan versions of of Snickers and Mars bars and, and other chocolate bars that they sell. So, yeah, I definitely think you're you're right. Um, and you're, you are taking a risk when you just launch a product like that um, without sort of testing it out first. And I also wonder whether um, this will last, whether this, whether they intend to keep this brand um, in the long run or whether it's just something to sort of test out the chocolate that they've developed. Um, but yeah, um, I would definitely want to try this. I've had lactose-free chocolate before and I've had no sugar added chocolate before, but I've never had any chocolate that was made um, with a dairy ingredient that wasn't, you know, that was animal free. So I'd really be interested if they claim it's identical, if, if it truly does mm -hmm. taste identical to regular chocolate. And another thing I wanted to ask you guys was, yeah, do you consider yeah, this vegan? Yeah, I definitely consider it vegan. Yeah, because uh, because they're um, they don't use any animal products whatsoever. They use mm -hmm. this proprietary technology to mimic animal proteins, right? So yes, and so I agree it, with you guys. It is vegan from what I can see, but I, I don't know. Definitions uh, seem to be quite fluid and changing, so I don't know what vegan is today. <laughs> Yeah, no, I agree with you guys. I definitely would consider it vegan since no animals were, you know, harmed or used in the process of, of developing this chocolate. However, I do, I would think there are maybe a handful of, of hardcore vegans who still would not eat this because um, it's, it's meant to mimic like your ah, real dairy protein. Yeah. Um, but I don't know. I could just be making that up. Um, but animal-free, that's why I think they specify animal-free as opposed to vegan. Because when we think of vegan in, in the dairy market, we, we tend to think of like, you know, nut milks and like like Mars's other plant-based line, which, which relied on uh, hazelnut paste um, and, and rice syrup, uh, as opposed to like a, a faux dairy protein. So that's why I was just wondering whether you guys considered vegan. I do too, but I don't have very rigid rules of, of what vegan is. Um, but yeah, I, I, you're, you're right. The definition is always kind of changing a little bit. Um, but I wouldn't think that someone who ate a plant-based diet, a typical person wouldn't have an issue with this. Yeah, I agree. Um, I think it's mimicking animal proteins, right? That's that's fine, but it's not exactly mm. taking the milk out of the animal. Um, but yeah, maybe right. there are some really strict mm. vegans mm. that wouldn't um, eat anything with yeah. a, with um, even mimicked animal proteins. Mm -hmm. With the intent to mimic mm -hmm. anything that mm -hmm. relates to animals. Yeah. Right, which would really limit so. your diet, um, yeah. to be honest with you. <laughs> but yeah. <laughs> but I um I was interested like I haven't heard the vegan version of Nestle's Kit Kat chocolate bar. I've never seen that. Maybe they don't have that in Canada where we're 
where we live. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. Mm. We probably don't have it here. I wrote about it last year uh, when it was just coming out. But yeah, um, I, yeah I think I think really they're, they're, they like to test these things in, in smaller markets, um, probably in the U.S. because there's probably a big, um, you know, people like chocolate bars, um, myself included, by the way. I'm, <laughs> but I, I think they do like to test them in, in smaller markets before releasing them internationally. Yeah. Um, so, and Kit Kat is also interesting. We've talked about the, there was a new Kit Kat flavor, a limited edition one a few months oh, yeah. ago at this the point, blueberry. the blueberry muffin one. Um, so I wanted to try that. <laughs> I know, I know it sounded so good. Um, and there's all these discrepancies between uh, and I don't think it's just Kit Kat, but how Kit Kat in Japan um, is made by Nestle and then Kit Kat in uh, America and and the, in North America is made by Hershey. So the mm. Nestle Kit Kat bar, that's likely why we wouldn't see it in Canada because it was uh, released by Nestle as opposed to Hershey. So I don't think we have it in Canada. It could just be something um, in Japan or, or potentially elsewhere. But yeah, that's why we don't have it um, here. And is is Perfect Day? Would you say they're one of the biggest like uh, vegan companies? So Perfect Day, to my knowledge, they often partner with um, other smaller companies that I've written bef- about before. One called Brave Robot, which is an ice cream company that uses their dairy protein, and then another one. Oh, I think it was also Brave Robot made a cake mix that also uses their um, protein as well. So Perfect Day is is really sort of like a company that you would partner with as a sort of a plug and play. You use their protein to to make whatever uh, dairy alternative that you want to make. But I say they 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 vegans or or you know people that that eat a plant-based diet are likely familiar with Perfect Day. I think they've really grown in the last few years um and people now obviously now large companies also are relying on them for their dairy protein as well so i would say they're a huge player in this like in this in the partnership arena because i don't know if they've actually released any products uh under their own name i often just see you know partner they partner Partner, with this company or that company but yeah they're really big in that space All right, that's the end of this episode of the X Talks Food Podcast. If you liked today's show, don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe. Thanks, everyone, and see you next week. Bye. 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 Thanks for listening to the X Talks Food Industry Podcast. If you enjoyed our discussions today, please share the episode with your friends and colleagues, and be sure to subscribe in order to be notified when a new episode is released. To join in on the discussion, you can find X-Talks on social media, email podcast at xtalks.com or comment on the articles directly. Links are in the show description. Take a moment to join our community at xtalks.com to get access to everything we have to offer, including webinars, job listings, virtual meetings, articles, and more. The views and opinions expressed in the podcast are those of the speakers sharing them. They should not be taken as professional advice and do not necessarily reflect the policy or position Honeycomb Worldwide. For further information, email us at podcast at xtalk.com. Thanks for joining us and we'll see you next week.